Well, hello and welcome to episode 20 of Baki Taki. This time for real, I hope. Uh, the episode's title once again is called Saga. And this time uh, we've brought in a veteran for, to the show. He knows which services you can watch Baki on. It's Netflix. Uh, it's Christian. Hi. I'm back. Wow. Yeah, thanks for coming back to the show, Christian. Thanks for having me. I, I hear I'm uh, filling in for uh, Ryan. Yeah, we we had a we had our own fun episode, but uh, we didn't get a chance to cover this one, which I've been <laughs> I've been looking so forward to. Oh, uh, I am so glad that he he missed this one because uh, <laughs> I got to experience it. I I really wanted to get Ryan's thoughts on some of these. Oh, scenes. yeah, he he would have been fun, but oh boy. <laughs> Making love is like fighting. The intensity, the passion. Well, before we get into anything too spicy, uh, let's start at the beginning of the episode. The episode starts with uh, continuing the conversation between Tokugawa and the Crypt Keeper, uh, where they're discussing the uh, poison hand techniques and all of that jazz. Uh, just, you know, the, the way of the void and such. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm familiar. Oh, yes. This, this is why I brought you back, because you are the Yanagi guy. So, the Yanagi, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, tell, tell me how this scene went name for you. Discord. Uh, it was weird, because it just opened with a guy flipping some paper, and I thought they were trying to do something really artistic, because it kept cross-cutting to this guy making poison. I think it was Yanagi, right, doing that? Yes. Okay, yeah. He, he looks different uh, in that shot than he did before i i don't know why but he didn't look like the same dude to me it it took a minute for me to piece that together uh but yeah it's just some guy flipping paper while yunagi is preparing poison which like i don't know what the paper thing was all about it seems like it was a magic trick it really he's using his vacuum hand to grab the paper in mid it really seemed to amaze the other old guy sitting across from this lumpy headed old man (laughs) you you didn't understand why you missed in the last episode. Uh, so, so Yanagi learned the way of the void from the Crypt Keeper um, mm. and also cut off his arm. Um, but in the last episode, Tokugawa, uh, he showed Tokugawa how he could lift a bowling ball with his vacuum hand. And then Tokugawa tried it and then he went, you can't do it. You have to like practice to do it. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. <laughs> I had no, I mean, like, I've been listening along for the show. I hadn't listened to, when I watched the episode, I hadn't listened to the most recent episode, mm-hmm. uh, which I now actually have. Um, but, yeah, th- I had no idea who these two were from any context of the rest of the series that I've listened to. So I was very lost here. The rest of this made, you know, some sense to me, but... Well, let's this, just to make sure, like, just to make sure people are on the same page. So this is Tokugawa, the eleventh generation businessman, who has for some reason decided to talk to Kinumatsu, uh, the practitioner of the Way of the Void, and they're basically explaining why Yanagi ha- has poison hands. Um, <laughs> but Kinumatsu, I must know about this poison hand you speak of. Now you may think that it might be a straightforward process to get poison hands. It's really not. First, you have to make poison sand, and then that like that's that's just part of the process. So, 
Christian, what what did you think of the of the technique of making poison hands? Well, I really enjoyed that it was essentially uh, even just like going going back just like a second before they they show how it's made. Like the exchange before he goes into it is hilarious. Like Tokugawa uh, basically is just like, so how do you how do you make a poison hand? And the guy just kind of sits there for a while and stares him down. Then <laughs> it's like. Why are you asking? I'd say you're a bit old to get into the assassination game. Yeah, no, no, it's nothing like that. I was just asking for someone else. Just a weird, weird exchange. would be the perfect killer. Like, nobody would ever <laughs> expect this, <laughs> this frail old man. Also, I don't think uh, I've ever mentioned it, but Tokugawa's like three feet tall. Like, he is Yeah, tiny. he's tiny. I did not notice. I I did not know that about him. But he is very small. And also, uh, the crypt keeper has the nastiest hands. I know I commented on the hands in the series last time I was on. Yep. But they've reached a new low, uh, which is great because they're about to start dunking their hands into a bucket of sand. But basically, their process for making this is to mix up sand. I think it's volcanic sand with yep. like a bunch of like herbs and aromatics, uh, various spices. Uh, which apparently none of which is poisonous to begin with from the sound of it, uh, or at least the sand itself obviously isn't. Mm -hmm. And this really, it really caught Tokugawa off guard for some reason that poison can be made from things that aren't poison, which I feel like is just sort of how cooking works or how, you know, chemistry works, but just kind of a weird uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad collapsed. you only made bagels if that's how you assume cooking works is <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but I, I just mean like you can make something out of something that you can't necessarily eat right like you can make a poison out of something that's not yes. poisonous yes it's just yeah. it's a weird it's a weird comment for Tokugawa to make like, okay, I, I but... have to. I have to speak up. My my listening to the scene was completely different. He put a bunch of spiders and stuff in the in the thing. Like it was it was a bunch of already poisonous stuff. The ingredients: poisonous insects and venomous plants must be mixed in exacting proportions. Oh, okay. I d I think I missed the spiders because I was jotting down a note on something. But okay. I I did see the sand. That's what confused me. Uh, was that he reacted to the sand not the like other stuff he was putting in there it was that the sand was like oh why are you using sand coarse volcanic sand something so ordinary it won't be ordinary once the blended ingredients are mixed in and the process repeated several times it will be poison sand <sighs> i don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere basically they mix all this shit up into a big like bowl of sand or urn i guess yep. and then he just kind of fists it repeatedly like sort of knuckled down to like the elbow just dipping his hand forcibly into this it's a it's a proverbial sand. pounding sand like when somebody tells yeah. you to go pound sand that, that's what yanagi goes and does yeah, so then he, in between basically poisoning his hand with this, this sand, like rubbing the, the sand on his arm, essentially, uh, he has to, like, dip it into this, like, 
other concoction that will like neutralize it. So he's going back and forth between poisoning and like an anti-venom, mm-hmm. uh, which is odd, but I, I guess that vaguely makes sense within the logic of the show. Uh, it doesn't seem like that far-fetched. It's still a bit odd, but I guess people do develop immunities to poison with stuff like that. But they, uh, they then, they then explain that he has to repeat this process every seven minutes for like what was it a week how many yeah. days was it it was i think it was it was it was a while but also it was day and night it was like every know, seven minutes it, during the day 10 minutes at night or something yeah it was i think it was seven in the day and nine at night but like why were they different times <laughs> you, gotta why get you those... need to do it why is the interval different at night what changes you take two minutes of sleep at night oh i see you have seven minutes to punch sand, then seven minutes to go, ooh, ah, ee, ah, that really stings. And then at night, you get two minutes to sleep. You don't even get, like, a lunch break during the day, though. You don't want to eat lunch. Your hands are all covered in, like, spider sand. Oh, one of them is. The other is fine. This is uh, the sort of Clint Eastwood gunslinger thing where he only ever does things with his left hand because his right's always on his gun. So that, that's basically the scene. Uh, we just we just learned a little bit about Yanagi because it's like I was saying in the last in the episode when you were last on Christian, like Yanagi has so many gimmicks. Like he's never going to use any of those weapons he used ever again. I don't even think he uses the vacuum hand ever again. Now he's the poison <laughs> hand guy. <laughs> well, that was always his name. Yeah, the poison. That was his thing. <laughs> but I, I thought he was poisoner because he had the world's most deadliest gas, oxygen. Yeah. It... They really did just like stick him with way too many gimmicks. Yeah. I don't understand. But yeah, they basically they activate the poison by fisting the sand. And uh yeah, that's that's how you make your hands poisonous. Apparently it's excruciatingly painful, takes way too long, but it invariably kills people because it like poisons their bone marrow. Yeah. And you might think, Christian, having watched this episode, that this was a huge waste of time because the poison um, doesn't seem to do it, come up at all. But yeah. this will be very important for, like, the next 15 episodes. So keep okay, this in mind, good. audience, that poison hand is a, is a real technique with real consequences. Um, because later, yeah... He just he takes a beating from this guy, and there's no sign of the poison, so it's very very confused. Don't, yeah, don't worry, it it's real, just not this episode. <laughs> um, All right, that's good to know. And unfortunately, before we get to the sex scene, we do have one more scene. Um, Sikorsky has escaped from his jail. Uh, his jail, of course, being a special building uh, created to test elevators. <laughs> This place was never meant to be a prison at all. It was built as a test tower for elevators. It's so fucking tall. Oh my god. I, the first thing I thought when I saw it was like, the police have a really tall building. Like, this is really bizarre looking. And then, like, a couple, like, two lines later, they're like, it was built to test elevators. And I was like, oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so funny, because, like, on the one hand, you think, wow, Sikorsky broke out of a jail that's unbreakoutable. But then you realize, no, he broke out of a jail that was custom made for him to escape out of. Like, he already escaped the missile silo by climbing a straight wall. Why would this one not be, why would this one be any different? 
Yeah, it's like if he had escaped from a normal jail this time, it would have been less surprising. Like, the guy who's looking into this was like, you idiot, of course he did this. This is what he does. Yeah, he, the guy's he, like, ah, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> he, he, like, saw a hole in the wall, and he was like, I figured it out. It was, yeah. it was obvious. The scene um, lasts, like, it's, like, got to be, like, 15 seconds. It's so short. Yeah. They just needed to quickly tell us that Sikorsky's out. Um, one, one thing I, I, I just, this will be the last time I do this, but uh, I did want to bring up PMK again. Um, when <laughs> I was when I was getting clips for PMK to use in editing, um, the <laughs> YouTube recommended me, like, the, fir- like the first one it was was the World Trade Center. And then the second clip was they go to an elevator testing building, which looks very similar to this one. So it seems to be a real concept. Yeah, there may have been an actual like sort of cross. I don't know, like maybe maybe he was inspired by Popular Mechanics for Kids. Like this series, Popular Mechanics for Kids was like what late 90s they would have overlapped for sure there would there would have been some overlap there is possible there's some like cross-pollination there well it's like it's like how in the boys like the main character was written to be played by um oh, what's his name from Shaun of the dead um um wow this guy. is uh yeah <laughs> yeah um hmm. why i hmm bad that i can't remember his name uh okay, Simon Pegg. That's it. Simon Pegg. Right. Okay. He was supposed to play uh, Carl Urban's character? No, no. Uh, Huey, like the, the other main character. Oh, oh, I see. I see. But the thing is, as time yeah, went on, he got, he got too old. And he actually did end up playing his dad in the show as sort of an homage. Um, huh. But maybe Baki was supposed to be played by Jay Baruchel. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, that would that would track. He would yeah. just need to put on some muscle mass, but I think he could have done it for the role. Did you see how he looked well, in like How to Train Your Dragon Three? He was pretty buff. Yeah, that's true. And this is an anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they. Uh, what's I gonna say? Jay Jay Baruchel. Yeah, that that's that is a weird. I I also just found that out from listening to the previous episode. I I didn't know that he was in that crazy all right now it's time for uh what we've all been waiting for baki and kozue finally have sex um oh boy do they so so much i it's it's intense the art styles a lot um let's just let's just go through it um i i just I, I wanted to start with with one shot and then maybe we can bounce back and forth with our observations That's favorite shots the nervous system shot oh my god yeah. i thought it was like a mortal combat x-ray thing like they just had already developed this this animation for like oh someone getting punched in the face and then they were like you know what what if we did it while kissing yeah baki leans in for the kiss and like her jaw breaks in half <laughs> So just in the middle of them kissing, we get a full shot where we can see their eyeballs and their nervous system and like all their the tongues intertwining. Yeah. Um, like this is what I mean when I say like this is a this is a sex scene drawn and animated by a man who only f- draws men fighting each other. Like there's n- there's no romantic lens to this. I honestly thought it would had more of a horror movie vibe for the first half. 
This is it. It's finally happening. Is she is she crying? Yeah, there there's a there's a pretty prolonged shot of Baki on top of Kozway, and like the only thing really that's moving is like Baki's back a little bit. Which it's <laughs> just yeah, they're just covering her up because they don't know how to animate her. Did you see when it was only his finger moving? <laughs> Oh, I don't think I did. I need uh, to rewatch this. I don't want to describe Research. it. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get what's going on with the statement. So, um, yeah. Wait, there, there was a lot of Baki's back. Beautiful back. Very big back. Um, lots of scars. Lots of scars. I just want to put this out there, that in between the shot of the... Like, basically, after the x-ray kissing, there's this, like, him so long licking her neck like this holds for way too fucking long as he's sort of monologuing about like oh this is happening this is happening but it cuts to the shot of the outside of the shack that they're in and the subtitles oh, yeah. told me that the graffiti uh on the place is calling baki a pea brain and a penis bastard well you can tell it's the baki because it starts with death to baki yeah. Death to Baki, pea brain, and penis bastard. Yeah, he's living up to what's it. What's the, what's the con? Yeah, what's the context for that? Like, this is from what I can tell, having watched one episode of the original Baki. Um, this is well, and having one described to me, um, this is Baki's house he used to live in by himself, and I think he was just sort of a neighborhood menace um you know the the local gangs didn't like him too much because he was such a tough kid so i guess they graffitied his house and called him a penis bastard um quote end quote i i there has to be like it it must translate better like there has to be a japanese insult that that is meant to read as that penis bastard is not a direct translation of i don't know i like i, I think it's a good insult i'm adding i'm adding that to my uh, vocabulary yeah it's going in the bank yeah so, so so much like last week where we talked about the, how doctors and fight dark doctors and martial artists are two sides of the same coin um we find out that fighting and lovemaking are two sides of the same coin um do you think that that is like an acute metaphor or that Baki can only see the world through fighting people? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's probably more the latter because he he himself says that he uh, has only felt this way in a fight before, which to me <laughs> reads as he gets aroused while fighting. But just like in any fight, I have to stay focused. I have to block out these emotions and stay focused. But I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, from a narrative perspective, it's probably trying to draw the line that there's like, you know, I mean, they, they bring it up, like giving pleasure to someone versus, you know, inflicting pain. Dealing damage in a fight, giving pleasure during sex. The two sides of the same coin. Um, I mean, the two things don't have to be 
uh, isolated if you're into that sort of stuff. But uh, <laughs> uh, they uh, they basically just like yeah, Baki has never given anyone pleasure. He has only inflicted pain. He's wasted the first seventeen years of his life. <laughs> now, I mean, now yeah, he can bring pleasure to people. Oh, yeah, now he knows how. It's such a weird episode to even just talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I also just can't get across enough. Like, it is not a pleasant scene for the first, I'd say, 70% of it. Like, until they start entering the 2001, like, uh, coffin type of shot, um, it's, like, the music is dark, the uh, the thoughts are, like, scared, like... Kozaway and Baki both look like they're either fighting or screaming in all shots. Yeah, there's a line. Uh, Baki had a line about just like in any fight, I have to stay focused. <laughs> I have to block out these emotions. <laughs> Which, what? Just like in any fight, like he. Yeah, man, he sees this as combat. Oh my god. Yeah, and well, and. I... <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's on. I'm honestly a bit tongue tied. Um, I, I honestly think that you're being very generous, saying that it's only seventy percent of this that was kind of nasty to look at and hear. It is nice at the end when all of the desire has washed away and all that's left is the love between the two and nine hundred balled up tissues on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I could not believe. I don't know. Also, this this sex scene, it, there's a bit of a time gap, but we have to presume it took, like, I don't know, five days? Their bodies joined as one, again and again, over and over. Finally, they lost count. How many times had it been? Or how many nights? It seemed like a long time. Yeah, no, they were definitely at this for days. Uh... They also like, it's very, uh, it's it's very like Baki is just doing everything with his mouth. Yeah. And then, Kozway doesn't seem to be doing much of anything. She is passive not only as a character in this series but also as a lover. Um, Baki's and... dad did tell her that she just has to take it. So maybe she's channeling Jesus. advice from Yujiro. <laughs> I mean, I remember. Uh, I, I caught in the last episode that apparently she wants to do this with Baki because he wants to become a better fighter and that means he has to have sex to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's but completely true. I guess. It seems to be in the canon of the show. I mean, it, it works for him. Exactly. That That's what I mean. Um my my favorite Baki so I, I love the Baki fandom. I love seventy percent of the Baki fandom. Sometimes it can get a little too much. But I've Ooh, seen a lot careful. of careful. <laughs> You're gonna alienate some fans. Oh no. Um but I, I I found this amazing video and it was one of those, you know, very like content farm type of things, and they had taken every character in Baki, put them on a sliding scale and so just you watch it for five minutes and it goes through and tells you like every character in the show ranked by power okay um and i realized that baki was on there multiple times so you have 13 year old baki 
and then a few spots up on the list you have 16 year old Baki and then you keep moving and you've got Baki after the maximum tournament um and my favorite was Baki after he's had sex was like a distinct <laughs> power bump in the ranking <laughs> like he went up like 30 spots so I was able to find the video just to see where it was. So Baki was ranked 47th overall, so there's a lot of strong fighters to come. Um, he was described as Baki post-sexual experience, and he was right above Jack Hanma and right below Prime Muhammad Ali. So, big sex buff right there. I mean, he literally goes like Super Saiyan. Yeah, his hair. His, his hair stands <laughs> up. His eyes go give this like red reflection to them it's yeah he he literally is like sex lusted like he's yeah. like blood lusted after having sex it's weird <laughs> oh man so yeah so baki and kozway they have sex they've become one uh multiple times um, yeah they they repeatedly say that and they now, just kind of don't leave their little love nest for a while however the minute they leave yanagi is there ready to fight baki now, I wanted to bring up something that I'm going to confirm, but I was reading that um, in the comics that are coming out now, or in the manga that's coming out now, they're doing some backstory on Kozue's dad, who was a, a pit fighter who died in the underground arena. Um, and apparently, her dad was killed by Ryuko Yanagi. So, fun, fun huh. little, uh, little tidbit there. I don't know if she knows wow. that, but if she does, she doesn't seem to react at all. <laughs> So, no. I'm guessing she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yunagi just kind of shows up, interrupts their lovemaking, shows up just outside the shack, which they assume is a sort of sign of courtesy. Um, but according to him, it's not. <laughs> Yunagi shows up outside the shack with 35 tissues around him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Yunagi's there to fight uh, Baki. Uh, Baki, as we talked about, is no longer in any way worried about Yunagi now that he has um, his sex power activated. And so, just just like a few episodes back, they decide to go to some abandoned field to uh, go fight each other. Right? Apparently, the... Japan has a lot of these. <laughs> Japan, I think this Baki is a commentary on the economic conditions in Japan, uh, the 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 bust cycle they currently are in, and what it drives mm. people to do. <laughs> so before the fight starts Kozue screams to Baki that um, she, she's ready to help him out if he needs it Baki listen I'll help if you need it um, so Christian your episode was called the greatest tag team battle of all time do you think that Baki plus Kozue versus Yanagi is the new greatest tag team battle of all time it's a bit generous, uh, I think, because Baki basically tells her, like, you know, I'll, I'll let you know if I need help, but does refer to her as, as his soulmate. Their sex making did have some impact on his ability to fight. So I think it's not a traditional tag team, but it, I think, has made the greatest fighter as a result. So it might be the greatest tag team. I, I think it's better than a virgin Baki with uh, that guy with the kettle. <laughs> yeah, Shibukawa. It definitely tops that. So within right. the show's canon, I think I think that is a, This is the fair... new greatest tag team battle yeah. of all time. So the fight starts out. Baki punches Yayanagi just in the face like a complete schmuck. So Yanagi has to go 
well, fuck all this. Fuck my uh, my point, my vacuum hand, and all my other tricks. I've got a new trick up my sleeve. Um, but <laughs> what, what what is this new trick, and what what do you think of it, uh, Christian? So it starts off with him just kind of wiggling his hips all loose, <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to the old dudes again talking about whips. <laughs> no sort of like why they got to this point in the conversation. No like explanation about any of that it's just they're talking about whips whip strike a hit like with a whip like what you use on a stubborn ox to get it moving when it doesn't want to that's right the weapon not what he's about to do so it's very odd very jarring uh but eventually they get to the point where they're saying that oh if you like make your body like limber enough like if you if you get fluid enough you can swing your arm in such a way that it will basically act like a bullwhip. Like it will have the impact force of a striking whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is effectively a slap. And that means that it hurts the same no matter where it hits on your body because you're slapping skin. Skin mm-hmm. covers everything. Which I don't think I don't think that makes sense. What what but, on you is not covered with skin, Christian? Well, my insides, but I, I mean, like, I would argue skin. that your insides yeah. are covered in skin, actually. That's, that's well, some of the does. stuff inside is surrounded by skin, but it's not directly covered by it. Like if, mm. if someone were to directly like, hmm, yeah, that that is tricky. I more meant what's what's not sort of logical with this is that I think that we do have parts of us that are more sensitive like just from our nervous system, there are parts of us that would hurt more to be slapped on than others. I agree. I don't think I don't think our skin is just like, yeah, everything's the same. So I agree. However, I would not want to get any. I wouldn't want to be slapped by Yanagi anywhere um, because yeah, he takes the fucking skin off. <laughs> yeah, he just slaps your skin away. Takes a big chunk of flesh out. <sighs> I'm guessing that hurt. You know, the muscle's yeah. fine. The muscle, the tough muscle can take it. He just rips your skin off. <laughs> yeah. Which I have to say, like, I know that Kozue has been apparently very, like, averse to violence. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't react that strongly to anything that's going on here. She doesn't even really react to, like, him decking Yunagi in the face. Which, like, she literally watches him like punch yunagi's teeth out and she barely like reacts yeah yeah so she's she's, well she's just waiting for her her chance to tag in you know she's like let me slap him i've got (laughs) i can i can do that whip thing and apparently this like having your skin slapped off really hurts which i don't know maybe but yeah yeah (laughs) i I think that's fair (laughs) the old guys talk about it and they're like you know oh even like a young man in his prime having his skin slapped off his body could just give out from the pain can you even imagine it to be young and have your whole life ahead of you only to encounter a pain so intense that none of that matters anymore and your body just dies on you uh this is like to me one of the funniest lines in the episode was effectively them just saying like can you imagine being young and in your prime and your body just dying on you? <laughs> it's, like, it's, the big, it's 
the biggest flex from an uh, 80 year old tokugawa being like could you imagine being young and just your body dies on you <laughs> can you imagine just dying you know what though i was really i was looking up on it when you it, it, it when you get whipped you uh what what can happen to some people is they die of a heart attack from all of the pain mm. so mm. it is it okay is, just like everything in baki when i look it up it is true <laughs> mm. Mm. so i really loved this whole whip fighting technique it was unexpected seeing him rip skin off of baki's like shoulder and leg it was interesting form the idea of turning your arm into a bullwhip and then we get history about people getting whipped in the middle east um they Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time hyping this up um only for baki to then (laughs) i think he can hear them he responds when when it cuts back to like from the old men to baki he he comments on like oh so like that kind of pain when they were just talking about the pain and it's like did he was he listening to them Having sex has uh, unlocked Baki's uh, inner yeah, eye. Yeah, he's on his skin. But he just completely shits on the idea. Like, immediately after we spend five minutes hyping up this type of combat. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, 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 is, what does Baki have to say about it? Well, he really doesn't seem to be that affected by it. Like, he, he's, he clearly has, like, a moment of pain, but gets past it pretty quickly. And then he says, like, basically baki's dad had taught him or at least had told him about the maneuver i don't think he taught him how because apparently according to baki's dad it's a uh girl's move because uh i guess it's a whip I, it's a slap slapping it's a slap right yeah slapping is for girls uh and even if you can do it so hard it rips skin off still a girl's move so you can do the whip strike then why didn't you use it just now Here's what else my dad had to say about that. He said only little girls slap. And that it's something a grown man should never be caught doing. I mean, I know Baki's dad is cons- like consistently a bad dude, but like what a like what a hot take from him. Baki's dad is very masculine. Um, in fact, in the newer comics, um, he considers no one else masculine as he is so masculine that even men seem feminine to him. Um, (laughs) yeah, we're not going to go into where that leads him down, but, um, oh God. Yeah. (laughs) So him him thinking slaps for girls is not really that out of character for him, honestly. Um, or for the show. Yeah okay well yeah but he baki basically says like yeah my dad thought it was like a, a girly move and then says like oh yeah no I, I you know i practiced it anyway uh and he does the like weird hip shaking thing and then just whips the fuck out of yunagi <laughs> like better than he was doing it oh yeah <laughs> so i guess i might as well try it I mean, what the hell right you go like Imagining your body is a liquid. Oh, and then. <gasps> yeah, yeah, he ain't got shit on Baki now. Maybe Yanagi like should have fairly... sex. Yeah, you probably could. Plus... They probably poison them. <laughs> That's true. You'd have to keep one hand pretty far away. 
just for safety. But yeah, like Baki has not has clearly not like like this was like oh you know I practiced it like I, I learned how to do it but like it's not something he does regularly. You have to assume that Yanagi, like yeah, this is like a go to thing for him. I bet I bet Baki hasn't done this in years. <laughs> yeah. So Baki has probably my favorite line of the episode. Continuing just completely tearing apart the idea of ever slapping somebody after hyping it up for five minutes. Um, Baki puts Yanagi into an arm hold and basically goes to break his arm in half and says, hey, look, your arm actually is made of bones. You know, it's funny. You try all you want, and yet... No matter how loose and liquid you might imagine yourself, the fact is the human body is still solid with real bones and real joints. Yeah, no, that was that was fun. That was basically just like, yeah, th- this technique is is dog shit. I know that we just talked about it like it was, you know, impressive. Abs- yeah, absolutely lethal. Like no one can survive this. Nah, you can't make your arm a whip. Doesn't work. You got bones yeah got a skeleton in there but like he also uh one one thing that was weird with baki slapping yunagi was that i noticed at one point he like slapped him from the front but like hit his back he's got them big fingers you know oh yeah right right. gotta gotta keep the nasty fingers uh in mind no yeah i i agree it's it's the 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 slap marks were very interestingly placed especially the one on his face i got tired of looking at those slap marks like i don't want to i don't know it reminds me of hanayama's three mouths like we don't need just raw exposed flesh too much in an episode yeah there's a lot of that in this one um but yeah then this uh so he's going to break his arm but then he's interrupted at the last second by some big blonde guy who i don't know who it is it's Sikorsky. It's the guy who broke out of the elevator training facility. Oh shit! Okay, I see his. I haven't actually seen him in person. Like the well, he, the shot of him scaling the wall was not in full color. Yeah, and he looks much uglier now because they took away his trench coat and he, he looks like he's going to the gym. Um, yeah, he looks just like a he's just a guy in like a gym t-shirt sort of thing and shorts. He's, he's got like my type of beard. Like yeah, <laughs> does not look good. He's uh, he just looks a little unkept. Yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense they wouldn't give him a razor blade in that uh, in that elevator jail. Um, yeah. So now the question is: Sikorsky comes in. Is Sikorsky and Yanagi versus Baki and Kozue the greatest tag team battle of all time? Well, I think it's now. I guess it's now a two v two. I I was picturing this given uh, Baki and Kozue's track record in this fight, more of a two v one. But technically, I suppose they are setting up for next episode to be a 2v2. Baki sex lusted. I, I think he's, he's got a good chance here. I think, that, I think that we are about to see the greatest tag team battle of all time. Because this time it will at least be even. Whenever you say well, sex lusted, I feel like I'm reading like who would win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that what this show is? Yeah, you know what? Maybe I think I'm gonna add a new thread to the to the Discord. Just put in who, who would win: Sex Lusted uh, Shibukawa versus uh, Kozue's dad. <laughs> I'm figure that one out. Uh, I really do like that. Um, 
they, they have a moment like Sikorsky and uh, Yunagi where they uh, Yunagi says like the boy seems to have grown up all of a sudden so they they like canonize it in the show that yeah having sex makes you better at fighting oh yeah this is not subtext like we're not like reading between the lines here <laughs> like, this is just yeah virginity clear. holds you back yeah celibacy is for wimps do it do it until you can't do it anymore then do it some more Bucky. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um that's more or less the episode that's where we're left off with um so so christian the first time you were on the show i asked you do you think pocky is a good show and you gave the only one word answer that we've ever received um which was no now now that you've seen two episodes of Baki, is it still just a straight no it's i would still like if i had to say if i think it's a good show it would still be no but i will give the caveat that i think having more context it for some reason i don't know why context would help it has at least made it a little easier to parse what's going on that said it's still complete nonsense and uh i don't think it makes a lot of sense i think there's a lot of uh, plot holes i think there's a lot of like weird uh weird ideas around like uh i don't know women uh in this show <laughs> not not great for uh for sort of representation or uh anything like that not uh not exactly a um super modern show no which is weird that it's being you know it's new technically uh but yeah just overall uh honestly i think that it's it's a bad show but it's at least it's at least so dumb that it's kind of entertaining like you it's not even in the same way that like something like birdemic or uh the room are where it's just sort of like what the fuck who who thought this was a good idea sort of thing it's it's more of like who made this and well you, you know what i think what, the biggest... where are they coming from you know what the biggest difference between Birdemic, The Room, and Poggy is? It, it's it's execution. Like, you can tell when you're watching The Room and Birdemic that, like, they're not really reaching the vision that the authors set out to do. But, like, in Baki, like, the, he's clearly executing the work that he wants to make. Like, this is the story that they wanted. And it's, and it's drawn beautifully. Uh, most of the time, beautifully. <laughs> but it's, like... Like, this is the work by, I would say, unlike the rumor Birdemic, like a talented creator, at, especially in the fundamentals of, like, the shot composition and character design and that type of stuff. Um, and it's, it's Yeah, it's, like, it's competent. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, it's not well put together. <laughs> like, I, I think that, I think from, like, a narrative perspective it's too much butter or too much or too little butter spread over too much toast sort of thing. Like there's just like not really anything actually going on. And yet they, they pad it out with so much insanity. The actual core plot really isn't like complicated. No. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were consistent with your answers. If you change it to a yes after this episode, I would have just assumed you're a perv. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Christian, thanks for coming by on this episode. Um, if you guys oh, like, can this... I just say one thing about the end credits? I, I really course, wanted to course. jump in here. Does it end with Bigfoot? Is that how they draw Bigfoot in this? No, that's that's a. Oh, I'll get the. It, it's a monkey, but he he's he's he plays a role in this season. I think Bakken okay, fought, it... fought, fought him before. That's very strange. It looks like some kind of demon. Like it's like gray and with red eyes. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's like an ancient great ape native to Japan, I think. I don't know. I'll <laughs> I have to do a little bit of research on that guy. Okay. God. Anyway, on that note, thanks for coming on the show. Uh if you guys enjoy the podcast, um, you know, uh, show it to your friends everybody loves unsolicited podcast recommendations um, anyway that's all the Baki we've got to talk here. see y'all next week goodbye <laughs>